0: So we are excited that you are here. And uh, we're going to jump straight into our facts and feelings sermon today. It's our last uh, sermon in this series on facts or feelings. And how many guys have been enjoying this series so far? Or I'll say, how many of you have this series been helpful so far, right? I know some of you have been like, Pastor, I'm not going to lie to you. I hadn't necessarily been enjoying it because it felt like surgery a little bit, but it's been good for me, all right? And so we're excited to be uh, wrapping up today's series. Go ahead. You're going to go to Luke 19. We're going to spend some time there if you have your Bibles, Luke 19. But as we're going there, uh, I remember growing up playing hide-and-seek. Where are my hide-and-seek people at? We all used to play growing up, five of us. What were the rest of y'all? Okay, that's better. How many of y'all, did y'all ever play neighborhood hide-and-seek? I'm going to need better feedback today. I can already tell. How many of y'all play the neighborhood hide and seek? How many of y'all play? Did y'all play at nighttime? Where are my nighttime hide and seekers at? So my dad, my my family, uh, we grew up in a corner house. There's a corner house next to us. And then there were two other houses behind that. All of us, all of us kids grew up together. And so we would play that neighborhood hide and seek at nighttime where you were jumping privacy fences in the backyards. You didn't know who owned it. Y'all know what I'm talking? Okay. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Right, like you, you were you. Our our uh, our basketball pole was like home base, right? Uh, and so, if you could get to home, then you obviously you wouldn't gonna be it the next round. So I remember like the dead of night sprinting down the street barefoot, right? Now, now thinking back on that, I'm like, what were our parents thinking? Because nowadays, you would never think to let, like, your 12-year-old just, like, gallivant around the neighborhood. Like, like that's unfathomable to you, Like, right? But, bam, back in the day, we did it. We had a lot of fun. There's a lot of character building, right? Because you get in a fight, in nighttime hide-and-seek, you deal with it during nighttime hide-and-seek. You don't, have to, you don't go crying to your parents. But how many guys remember, what was, the, what was your main goal when you were playing hide-and-seek as a kid? The best hiding spot possible. Right, like you remember, you would hide on top of a refrigerator in the garage of your neighbor's house that wasn't playing. You know what I mean? Like garage door is shut. You're just like, well, we just kind of stuck in here. Then I don't know, you know. And what, like, and now that I think about it, I think that it's crazy because if you remember correctly, the whole point was if you could not be found, that was the best hiding spot. Until you've been up there for an hour, like, you know what? I think they quit playing and like, they hadn't come, like they didn't put out a information post, nothing. We weren't texting at 12. We weren't like you kids nowadays, your 12 year olds got a cell phone, not how it went. Right? You know what? You know how we found out it was time to come home when we were 12? Get in this house right now. And we came running, right? But man, I remember playing hide and seek and the whole goal, the best hide and seek possible. So good, right? Uh, Until you couldn't be found. Now, here's the thing that I know. How many of you have ever felt like God was playing hide and seek with you? How many of you have ever felt like it didn't matter how hard you looked, you couldn't find God? Anybody ever been in a season of your life where you were looking and you were praying, you were reading your Bible, but it felt like God was hiding from you? It felt like you couldn't find him. Where are you at, God? I can't find you. I don't see you. And today, I want to ask you a question, because I want to talk to you today about proximity. Turn to your neighbor and say, proximity. Some of you are like, your proximity is too close right now. Okay. You need a tic-tac. No, I'm just kidding. So, but I want to talk about proximity, because here's a question I have for you. How do we draw close to God when we feel like he's so far away? And today, I want to talk to you about God's desire to be close to us. Say close. Turn to your neighbor and say proximity again. Turn the person on the other side of you. You just neglected, right? Gave them the cold shoulder. What did they do to you? What was so bad, right? Say proximity. Let's do it. Luke 19, verses one through three. Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through. And a man was there by the name of Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was wealthy. And he wanted to see who Jesus was. But because he was short, he could not see over the crowd. So here we've got Zacchaeus, he wants to see who Jesus, what is this, what is this all about? Who is this Jesus? I want to, I want to see him. I want to know who he is, right? But because he was short, he couldn't see over the crowd. He couldn't see Jesus. There was something out of his control that was stopping him from being able to see Jesus. And how many of us in our lives have found ourselves in situations where things that were out of our control were blocking our view of God? Things that were out of our control, stopped us from our ability. Things that happened to you, things that hurt you, things that you went through, a disease, a doctor's note, a bank report, an empty pantry, something you were going through stopped you from being able to see God. Something that was out of his control made it to where he couldn't see Jesus. Any of you guys ever found yourself in a place where the things of this world were blocking your view? So I wanted to kind of go through a list of things that cause us to feel far from God because we can't see clearly. This little list, the first one is pain. Any you guys ever experienced pain before? Any you guys ever experienced the type of pain that you wondered if God really loved you if he let you go through this? Right? There is pain that makes it hard to see God, those hurts. And hear me, sometimes those hurts come from people and sometimes we feel like those hurts can come from God, don't we? Oh, don't get self-righteous on me now. Like, How many of you ever felt like God let you down? So there's pain. How about struggles? You guys ever gone through some serious struggles before? Anybody ever wondered where your next meal was going to come from? Anybody ever had an empty pantry? Have you ever got that doctor's note? Have you ever got that report? Has your boss ever came to you and said you might be getting laid off? Has, have you ever found yourself in a position where the struggles of life cause you to wonder if God was close to you or not? I know I have. What about valleys? What what about those low places in life? These guys that are watching us online, our online family, you guys ever found yourself in a valley? A low point? Here's what I know about valleys. It takes two mountaintops to make a valley. And I don't know about you, but I've been on the mountaintop before. How many guys have ever been like, you got that promotion, you got the car, you got the job, you got the white picket fence around the house that you were praying for, right? You even got, ladies, you got the man you was looking for. Mm. Jesus. Regularly handsome, saves puppies in his spare time. Volunteers at the animal shelter, works for Red Cross. Only in his free time, that's when he's not a children's doctor, right? You're just like, yes, Lord, where's he at? Where's he at, bring him to me, right? Fellas, you got the relationship with the girl that you always prayed for? She loves Jesus and she's drop dead gorgeous? Because none of the other stuff matters to guys, right? Can I get an amen on that? I don't care what she does for a living, none of that matters, right? Have you ever found yourself on a mountaintop where things were going well? And then it felt like maybe even the next day, the world fell out from under you. Because that's what it feels like to be in a valley. Those dry seasons where we're going, God, I don't know where you're at right now. And we have confidence because that we know that if we're at a low point, that means there's a high point coming, amen. But sometimes those dry seasons in those valleys, they feel like they last too long. And those can block our ability to see God clearly. How about isolation? Isolation and here's what I've learned about isolation. Sometimes we find ourselves feeling far from God because we've isolated ourselves from God. But here's what happens if we're not careful. We'll isolate ourselves from God and in turn we'll start isolating ourselves from God's people. We start to pull away from our small group, from our relationships, from the people that are encouraging us. We'll, we'll start to pull away. We'll, we'll only start going to church once a month or, or once every other month. We'll, we'll start to pull away from the things we need to build us back up, don't we? And isolation starts to block our ability to see God clearly. What about priorities? Anybody ever got your priorities so out of whack that you are losing your ability to see God clearly? Sometimes it looks like this. Hey, you're, you're up for this promotion, and so we want you We want you to know it comes with an X amount of dollar pay raise. You're going to get all of this. Your benefits are going to increase. Your package is going to increase. But in the back of your mind, you look at the schedule, and you go, you know, but I won't be able to go to any of my small groups. I won't be able to serve on the dream team at all. I, I'll, I'll, I won't be able to go to church as often as I need to. I won't be able to build the community as much as I need to. I'll start to lose track of some of the people that I'm connected with and and what will happen is our priorities will get so out of whack that our closeness to God will start to shrink. And we'll get so far from God because we're pursuing the things of this world. Now, I know none of you have ever done this before. But just in case an opportunity arises, I want to talk to you today about proximity. Proximity. Because we need to gain the ability to understand that it's not just us having a desire to be close to God. It's God having a desire for us to be close to him too. Because here's the thing. We feel distance from God because we've drifted. It's never because he left. We feel distance from God because we've drifted. But it's never because he left. Now, I know I've been in the place before where I was like, God, I feel like you left me high and dry. I feel like you're nowhere to be found. I, I I can talk like Job where he says, I look to the left, I look to the right, I look in front of me, I look behind me, but I can't find you anywhere. Where are you? And and, and I know for me, what I've realized is it's that we've drifted. It's that I have moved my position. It's that I have changed, but it's never because God has changed. Because the Bible says he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's the king that never changes. He's always in everything. He, he'll never change on you. He'll never leave you nor forsake you. The Bible says so. That means that obviously if I feel far from God, who's moved? I have. Any you guys ever go to the beach? Where are my beach people at? Where are the people that already can't wait for next year to go to the beach? Because you're going to have to take a different bridge. And it's a long story. If you don't know the joke, don't worry about it. All right. But How many guys, where are the beach people? Where are my beach people? Can't wait. I hate the beach. Hate it. I don't like the sweat. I don't like sand. I don't like salt water. I don't like sharks. I don't like jellyfish, and I don't like people that don't know how to dress. (laughs) So naturally, (laughs) I don't like the beach, okay? And I don't like traffic, so there's that too, right? Like, like, well, even Some of you are online, some of you live in Kentucky, you're like, I have no idea what you guys are talking about right now, all right? So don't worry about it, don't worry about it, okay? So, but uh, where, the beach people, now, I have gone to the beach, I go to the beach sometimes because I'm married and my wife likes the beach, okay? But, so how many of you guys have ever been in the beach, you've been in the water, and all of a sudden, you went into the water at this point, but when you came back in from the water, you were 100 yards down the beach from where you went in. Anybody ever done that before? Now, how many of you consciously made the decision to swim down the beach? Nobody, right? It's like, now I got to walk all the way back in the sand. It's 10 times harder to walk in the sand. I'd rather swim back. So we find ourselves doing that. Here's the thing. We never even felt ourselves moving, but before we realized that we had been shifted down the beach. And in our lives, some of us never made the conscious decision to walk away from God, but because we weren't paying attention to being intentional about pursuing him, we looked up one day and found ourselves miles away from his presence. And God is saying, no, no, no. I want to talk to you today because I want to bring you back. I want you to be close. This isn't a message that beats you up. This is a a message, I pray, that encourages you to bring yourself close to the Lord. You see, I had a I was hunting one time with my dad in the first service. I said night hunting. That was not clear. I was hunting and it turned night. So just if you're a game warden in here, we want to make sure that we're abundantly clear. But uh, I was, we were hunting. Uh, I remember hunting and and as we were uh, hunting, uh, it was going to become night. And so he gave me a flashlight. The flashlight was acting up. He said, here's the deal. Here's what I want you to know. He says, do you hear that Creek? Do you hear the water running? And I said, yeah, I can hear the creek. He said, all right, if it gets night, I was like 12. He said, if it gets dark and you can't see, here's what I want you to do. As long as you keep the creek on your left side and you keep walking, as long as you can hear it and it's on the right place, on the right side of you, you'll get to the truck and you'll be able to find me. If I don't come and for whatever reason I can't get to you, make sure you keep the creek on the left and make sure you don't get turned around. And even if you can't see, you'll find me. And I'm here to tell you today that for some of you, you've lost your ability to see God. It's gotten dark in your circumstances. The situations around you have made it hard to see and your metaphorical flashlight to find him isn't even working. it It doesn't matter how much you read your Bible. It doesn't matter how much you pray. There are times in your life where we feel far from God. And what God is trying to tell us today and what we I hope to communicate to you is that if you'll keep him on the right side, if you'll keep his voice close enough to hear, if you'll allow the spirit of God to speak to you, if you'll allow yourself to hear and if you'll allow yourself to stay close, if you'll keep him where he needs to be in your life, even if you can't see him, he'll still be there for you. Because God has a desire to be close to us and he has a desire for you to want to be close to him. Hebrews 10, 19 through 22 says like this, therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have confidence, say confidence, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way open for us through the curtain, that is his body. In other words, when Jesus gave his life for us, there used to be a curtain that separated us from the presence of God. And when Jesus gave his life, that curtain was ripped into and now we have access to the presence of God. And since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us, say those two words with me, draw near to God with a sincere heart and with full assurance that faith brings. God wants us close, church. Friends, I'm telling you, God wants you close to him. So let's go back to Zacchaeus. Let's, in Luke 19:4. so Zacchaeus ran ahead and climbed a sycamore fig tree to see him since Jesus was coming that way. So even though he felt far from him, even though he felt like he wasn't going to be able to see Jesus, Zacchaeus decided to position himself differently for his arrival. Hear me today. Zacchaeus decided, you know what, if I can't see God where I'm at, I'm not going to wait till God changes something so that I can see him better. I'm going to position myself differently so that I can see him better. I'm going to rearrange my priorities so that I can see it. I'm going to change where I'm at. Rather than just sitting here waiting on God to change things. No, no, no. I'm going to change where I'm at so that I make sure that I can see God whenever he comes by. And hear me today. For us, we've got to realize that. Are you allowing what's happening right now to stop you from positioning yourself in preparation for God's closeness to you? Because God wants to be close. Hebrews 4.16 says, Let us draw near with confidence to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and may find grace to help in our time of need. That means God is aware that our time of need, that we will need him. You see, what I want you to understand next is that how we position ourselves when we don't feel God changes his response when we're close again how we position ourselves when we don't feel God because today we're talking about we're talking about facts and feelings and sometimes our feelings would lead us to believe that God has left us sometimes our feelings would cause us to believe that God's not close sometimes our feelings would cause us to believe that God has forsaken us so and I'm here to tell you today the fact is that the Bible's already told us that he'll never do that that he's close by. So how we position ourselves when we don't feel God, that means like, like Zacchaeus, he's like, even though I don't see him yet, I'm gonna put myself in a position that when he gets close again, I'll be able to have a view. And hear me today, we need to be positioning ourselves even when we don't feel God, even when we don't know that he's close, we need to be positioning ourselves so that whenever he gets close by, we can see him better. We need to be changing our position. Hebrews eleven six says, without faith, it is impossible to please him For he who draws near to God. Notice it didn't say for he who waits patiently at a distance. For he whose prayer life never improves during dry seasons. For he who complains but never improves himself. He says, no, no, no. For for the one that's constantly drawing near to God. For he who's drawing near to God. We can believe that he is and that he's a rewarder of those who seek him for those that are going after him. So Zacchaeus in Luke 19, five through six, when Jesus reached the spot, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. So he came down at once and welcomed him gladly. Friends, Zacchaeus went from, I can't see him to he's eating at my house that fast. Because when God decides to change the tides for you, it can happen in an instant. But what are what are we all so guilty of when God gets ready to do that? Have any of you have any of you ever found yourself bitter because of your current situation? Like, have any of you ever found yourself leveraging other people's blessings against God on your behalf? Well, if you'd have gave me what you gave Susie, then we wouldn't be in this situation, Lord. Oh, don't get self-righteous on me right now. Y'all know what I'm talking. If, you, if, if I had got the blessing that so-and-so got, then I wouldn't be in this. I would have been praying the whole time. Me and God would be closer if I got the house that so and so got, the job that so and so got, the raise that so and so got, the car that so and so got. If you'd have just gave, if you would have done for me what you did for them, then I would feel closer to you. But because you let me down, I feel like I don't know you the way I thought. I feel like you aren't coming through for me the way you said you would. I feel like you're far away because you weren't for me what you were for them. Oh, it's real. I'm sorry. How many of us are guilty? I know I am. This ain't me pointing fingers. I'm looking in the mirror, friends, and saying, man, there are so many times in our life where we have distanced ourselves from God because we're holding God hostage over blessings he gave someone else. But God's saying, there's something I have for you. There's something I have for you. There's a life that I have for you. I don't want to give you just what I gave somebody else. I want to give you what I have built, prepared, established ahead of time for you in the life that I want you to live. There's a purpose. There's a destiny. There's a fulfillment that is set aside just for you, set aside just for you to have, just for you to accomplish, just for you to fulfill so that I get the glory out of your life. There's something I have. There's something I've already set in motion. There's a plan I'm moving on your behalf and I'm already ready to do it in your life. And though you may not feel like it right now, the difference between when I move and what you don't feel right now can be an instant because when I walk by, things change. So God shows up and that changes everything. 1 Peter three eighteen: for Christ also died for sins once for all, the just for the unjust in order that he might bring us to God. Jesus accomplished something at the cross. Yes, a payment for our sins. Yes, an atonement so that we could have eternity with him. But he also did it that we might be brought close to the presence of God today. That when you are in your darkest hour, God can show up and you can meet him in a special way. That when no one else answers the phone, there's a prayer line to heaven that can start to meet your emotional need right now. That Jesus can be the fulfillment for us because what I want you to understand is that Jesus changed the game. And what Jesus has done for us gives us confidence, gives us confidence in his closeness. Jesus died for you and for me. Jesus paid the ultimate price for us. And because Jesus paid the ultimate price for us, don't you think we can have confidence in what he's trying to do in us? Don't you think we can have confidence in our proximity, in our closeness? Don't you understand that if Jesus gave his life for you, there's a desire he wants to bring you close. Turn to your neighbor and say, bring me close. Man, God wants to bring us close. Ephesians 2.18 says... Through Christ, we have our access, we have our bridge, we have our open door, we have a way through to the spirit of the Father. But here's what I know. As I talk to people and as I talk to friends, here's the one thing that tends to interrupt our access to God, not on God's behalf, but on ours. One word, it's called shame. How many of you have ever let shame disconnect you from the Father? You let shame disconnect you from God. I grew up here in Pensacola, so uh, moved here when we were six. So, me and Justin, uh, we go way back. For those of you who don't know, our executive pastor, Justin, me and him go way back. Dreamland Skating Center, 1997, 8, 9 ish, right in that space, all right? Like, we owned that bad boy, just so y'all know. Tommy was with us too, right? Me and Justin, we used to get into a heap of trouble together. This is pre-Jesus, by the way. So in case y'all want to, this is BC, <laughs> before Christ. Okay, so this, like, this is me, me and Justin. Like, and so uh, me and Justin knew each other. We got into uh, enough trouble uh, on our own uh, and together. And so here's the thing about our past is that people now, they're like, hold on. You and Justin Oswald are pastors at the same church? Uh, oh, yeah, we're coming We got to see this. Justin was dealing fake Rolexes. I was dealing. Well, that don't matter. That's irrelevant. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Don't worry about it. So we've, we've got some history in our city. But here's what I know as a Pastor. Is that there are people that will uh, private message me on Instagram or they'll hit me with a DM or they'll even walk through the doors. And the second their name shows up, shame consumes my mind because they know who I was before Jesus took over my life. And it's not hard for me to go down a certain road or or see a certain person. And all of a sudden the enemy starts to play the real in my mind. Could you imagine if so and so knew what you did now? Could you imagine if the person you hurt this way knew your story? Could you imagine if they saw you preach this message on forgiveness? Could you imagine if they saw you talking about God? Could you imagine, man, how much shame consumes my mind and my heart because I instantly get taken to the place where people and their thoughts of me and their memories of who I was before Jesus radically transformed my life starts to set in and I get consumed with shame because I remember who I used to be. And isn't it something that shame tends to drive us away from God when it should be the very thing that drives us to God? Like shame becomes the wedge between us when it should be the thing that makes me go, God, I need you more than ever right now. I put this in your notes. You can write it down. Shame is the invisible barrier between you and God that you were never asked to climb. Shame is the invisible barrier between you and God that you were never asked to climb because it was never put there by God. So what you did 10 years ago, what you did 10 months ago, what you did 10 weeks ago, and what you did yesterday is never a reason that God wants you far from him. Jesus paid a price So that whatever is in your past and even in your present that you're ready to walk away from God says now you've been made new and I'll take you right now. But shame tends to drive us away. As a matter of fact, I want some of you to understand that God is ready to bring you close right now. I was I was getting ready for this sermon. I I remembered a song that. I had heard before, and it impacted my life so deeply. It's such a powerful song. And, and it's a song written from uh, the context of God talking to us. And I, I was going to read the lyrics to you, and I was like, no, nah, we're not going to do that. We're just going to have one of our girls come out and sing it. So Anna, will you come on out here for me? Uh, why don't you guys give it up for Anna? She's going to come out. And so she's, <laughs> she's going she's gonna to sing this song for us, um, and then we'll get ready to close out. going.
1: no need to cover what I already see. You've got your reasons, but I hold your peace. You
0: we ready to wrap up today, I wanted you to understand, I asked a question earlier. How do I draw close to God when he feels so far away? And the answer is that repentance is the key to proximity. Repentance is the key to proximity. Now, Before the whole weight of that word repentance sets in and you remember it from your grandma's church or whatever, give me a second. Because the word repentance literally means to turn away. It means to change your direction. And for some of us, I do genuinely think that we need to repent of our priorities, of how we've lost track of how important God is supposed to be in our lives. The reason we're not close to him isn't because God doesn't want to be close to us. It's because we've let other things be more important than him. And hear me, we're all guilty. The things of this world can be very consuming. But repent, changing that direction and saying, God, I'm coming after you. with Everything in my heart, everything that I am, I want to know you. I want to be close to you. I want you to be my best friend. Going after God is the key to proximity. God desires to be close to us. We have to have a desire to be close to God because the beauty in the gospel, Jesus died for our sins. He made a way for us to be close to God. And the beauty in the gospel is this. What Jesus did on the cross takes me from, man, dad's going to kill me. To man, I need my dad the gospel, the good news of who Jesus is takes you from man. God's going to kill me. Shame, condemnation, struggle to man. I need God grace, mercy, forgiveness, belonging. So God is telling us to come out of hiding because we're safe here with him. He wants to know you friend. He wants you to be close. So I told you about playing hide and seek when I was younger, what was the goal? Best spot, right? Top of the refrigerator, behind the litter box, neighbor's garage, never found me. I couldn't get on top of a refrigerator if I wanted to right now, you know what I'm talking about? How many of you guys have ever played hide and seek with your son or your daughter or a niece or a nephew or a grandchild uh, that's in that like three to five age bracket? Anybody ever done that before you're playing hide and seek? How many guys know the rules change, doesn't it? It's no longer like, how can I get on top of this refrigerator? You're hiding behind stuff that doesn't make sense. You know what I mean? You're like hiding behind this pole, you know, like there's no way they're going to see me now. You know, you're even hollering at them when they walk by, Hayden. Hey, like, I call my niece, you know, my niece is like three. She's like looking for me in the house. I got one leg hanging out from behind the couch, right? And I'm like, Hayden, hey, where am I? And she's like, I don't know. I don't know where you are. And then like someone points over there and they're like, he's over there. And she sees my size 13 shoes sticking out from behind the couch and she's like, I found you. And I'm like, yeah, cause I wasn't hiding that hard, right? And here's what I want some of you to understand is that God is not hiding from you like we did when we were teenagers. He's hiding from you like we do when we're adults and the three-year-old's looking for us. He may be behind something, but he's not trying to hide. He's got one leg sticking out, one arm sticking out, and he's calling your name, saying, Ryan, Dan, Justin, Brad, call. Come find me because I'm over here. I want you to know where I'm at. He's not trying to disappear on you. Oh, he's trying to be found by you. And those seasons and pains and hurts and struggles, man, they may make you feel like he's disappeared on you. Oh, I'm here to tell you today that he wants to be found so badly by you. He wants to be close to you. And he wants you to come looking for him. Because hear me, if you come looking for him, he'll make sure that you see him. Because he loves you. And he's ready to be with you. Let's pray today. I want to pray two prayers today. One, is that if you're in this place and this message is for you. Or if you're watching us online and this message is for you. And I want to pray right now that God would start to draw you close, that he would show himself to you in so many ways that he would make sure that you can't miss him. And though you might have drifted, that you would know that God's so close. So God, I pray for every person right now who has felt like you were far from them. For God, who has cried out to you in the midnight hour from, a, from their prayer closet or their bed where no one else could see them God they were praying that you would you would come meet them in a special way God I pray that this message speaks to their heart that they would find themselves brought close to you and overwhelmed by your desire to be close to them for those that are watching online or in this room right now God that they've they've been praying God, let me see you. God, let me feel you again. God, let me experience your grace again. I want to I know who you are in a better way. God, I pray that you reveal that to them in the days to come. Friends, I don't know why God's put this on my heart, but I just want to kind of bring to you what I feel like he's telling me right now. God, I pray for supernatural and peaceful rest in Jesus' name for those who have not been able to sleep because of an angst in their spirit of feeling distanced from you. God, I pray that you give them rest in Jesus' name. Draw us close. Let us know you. We thank you today. In your name we pray. With everyone's head bowed and your eyes closed, if you're here today and you don't know God, Maybe you know about God. Maybe you went to church when you were younger. Or maybe this is the first time you've watched or sat in a service, but today you wanna to know him. I'm here to tell you that God's ready to bring you to himself. And we wanna pray this prayer with you. And today, if you don't know God, but you're ready to give him your life. Today, if you're ready to, to meet him, we want you to pray this prayer with us. Now, we wanna let you know this prayer doesn't make you saved. Your faith in Jesus alone, that when he went to the cross, he paid for your sins. That alone is what makes you saved. But we want to put words to the actions of your heart that says, Jesus, I'm giving you my life. And so we want to invite you to pray this prayer with us, whether you're watching online or in the room. And the whole church is going to pray with you so you're not praying by yourself, all right? But you're ready to give Jesus your life. And I'm here here to tell you that he's ready to have you. So let's pray, church. Repeat, Repeat after me. Say, dear Jesus, forgive me. Forgive me my sins. Forgive me of my wrongs. Make me pure. Make me whole. I believe in you. I believe you died for me. I believe you paid for my sins. So I give you my life. Make me brand new. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. TC, can we put our hands together one time for all those that prayed that today? Man, we celebrate with you. Awesome, awesome, awesome.